0: Late 1880s, Edwin Thomas was an outstanding Shakespearean actor. When it came to playing tragedy on stage, Edwin was in a select group. He had few peers. Edwin also had a brother, John, who played the role of Brutus in Julius Caesar, which would foreshadow something sinister that would take place in America two years later. In April 1865, John fired a bullet... Into the head of President Abraham Lincoln. The two brothers were John Wilkes Booth and Edwin Thomas Booth. Edwin was never the same after that incident. He was so ashamed of what his brother had done, he went into retirement and may never return to the stage. If it wasn't for a twist of fate at a train station, where a man lost his footing and he fell between the the platform and the train. Without hesitating, Edwin locked his leg around a railing, grabbed the man and pulled him to safety. A few weeks later, he would receive a letter that he would carry in his pocket to the grave. It meant so much to him. The letter thanked him for saving the life of the man whose father was no other than Abraham Lincoln. One brother killed the president. The other brother saved the life of the president's son. Edwin and John Booth, same father, same mother, same home, same upbringing. One chooses life, the other chooses death. How does that happen? From the same seedbed. I don't know. But you find it right throughout Scripture. Abel and Cain, both sons of Adam. Abel chooses life. Cain chooses to murder and God lets him. The key point you're going to pick up from this message is that God lets him. It's going to come out again and again. Let's go to Abraham and Lot. Abraham chooses righteousness, becomes the father of the faith. Lot chooses the wickedness of Sodom. David and Saul, both kings of Israel. David wholly follows the Lord. Saul disobeys and loses his kingdom and his crown. What about Peter and Judas? Both walked with Jesus fellowship with Jesus, had meals with Jesus, trained by the same Jesus. Peter chooses faithfulness to Jesus while Judas chooses betrayal and God lets him. Turn with me to Deuteronomy in chapter 30, verse 19 to 20. I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, therefore, choose life, your choice. that both you — this is not only for you, friends, that you and your descendants — we're talking Jody, Emma, Zach may live. That you may love the Lord your God, that you may obey His voice, and that you may cling to Him, for He is your life and the length of your days. That you may dwell in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give them. In every age of history and throughout Scripture, this truth is revealed, that God allows us to make our own choices. We can choose good or bad, Righteousness, wickedness, blessing, cursing, life, death, the choice is entirely our own and that determines to an extent our whole future and our destiny. I set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life. One of the most powerful things that every one of us has probably an equal measure, we have an equal measure, is the ability to choose. No one can take that from you. You have the ability to make choices. And we make choices every day, what to wear, what time to get up, which service to come to, the friends to hang out with, and God lets us. Now think about this, even though God has a blueprint for your life, a plan, a master plan, what he wants you to do with your life, all that sort of stuff, he lets you choose the city to live in the career to follow, and many other areas that affect that blueprint, whether you serve God or not, whether you develop the gifts He's given you, even though He's got a, a master plan of what He wants you to do with those gifts, he, he says, I'll put it in you, this phenomenal ability to do this and this, but hey, whether you use it or not, develop it or not, up to you, your choice. Wow. It's incredible. The freedom of choice that you and I have in life. Now there are some choices that have incredible consequences both on earth and eternity. For example, if you choose to live right or wrong, will affect your life on earth and life for all eternity. Whether you choose to forgive or not forgive, become bitter. These have often long-lasting consequences. But despite God's power to do anything he refuses to force us to love him to serve him to live right he just won't do it. In fact his insistence on our freedom to choose is so great that he is made it possible that you can live your life as if God did not exist. Wow! Your creator, the one who has all power in the universe, you can live your life, hey God, not interested in you, just going to do my own thing. And he will let people do that. God's respect for your freedom, do you know what it's called? There's a word for it, it's called the miracle of restraint. God just holds himself back. With all power. He holds himself back. And says, it's your choice. Do you know what God does. He tells you the consequences. Behavior and the consequences that will come. And then it says, over to you. You choose. I wish God wouldn't do that to me. I wish God would say, ta don't do that, you idiot! That's going to wreck your life. That's going to damage things. Don't do it. In fact, I won't let you do it. But you won't do it. Damn. God, I wish you would. Stop me! Save me from myself. Anyone with me on this? Yeah. yeah. Do you know why? Because our propensity is to sin. Our propensity is to do wrong. That human nature within us is, is veers in the wrong direction. God, please stop me. He says, no, your choice. The miracle of restraint. It's frightening. Jesus' respect for human freedom is enormous. Now, we've all made some bad choices, and we've all made some good choices. But we need God to help us to make right choices more often. And he does promise to help us. Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6. And have a look at this. This is good news, all right? You've had plenty of bad news, and it is going to get worse, but then it will get good, and then it'll get gooder. Proverbs 3, 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. How simple does that sound? And yet we just don't do it, do we? Trust in the Lord with all your heart don't lean on your own understanding. Don't try and work it all out. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths, which means make your paths straight. It's a great promise from my God. So, let me take you to the crucifixion and to the three crosses because we see here the ability to choose in all its power. So even with the greatest choice of all, and you know what the greatest choice of all is, isn't it? Whether you spend eternity in heaven or you spend it in the fires of hell, that unbelievably immeasurably significant event and choice, God leads it to us. If I was God, I would never have done that. Because too many millions, maybe billions, will make the wrong choice. And the consequences are forever and ever and ever and ever. Heaven or hell. No one in between. God, why did you do that? I don't know, but he did. So you've got two thieves. And there's Jesus right here in the middle. One thief is on this side. The other thief is on this side. They're both so close to Jesus. They can talk to him. They can converse with him, and they did. Matthew 27, 44, the robbers who were crucified with him reviled him with the same thing. In other words, they both said awful things to Jesus, terrible things. But then something amazing takes place, and it changes. We're going to find this in Luke 23, verse 39 to 43. Luke 23 Verse 39. Then one of the criminals who were hanged blasphemed him, saying, If you are the Christ, save yourself and us. But the other, remember they had both reviled him? But the other answered and rebuked him. He's changed. Saying, Do you not even fear God, seeing you're under the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we receive our due rewards for our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said to Jesus, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Choice. He made a choice. And Jesus said, assuredly, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. Two criminals. One on either side of Jesus both equally close to him. One chooses life and eternity in heaven. The other chooses death and eternity in the fires of hell. God's given us the power of choice. When I see people wandering off track, and I'm sure we all do, people we know, they're going in the wrong direction, sometimes I say, God, Please, God, why don't you stop them doing that really stupid thing? Dopey thing. But does God hear us? No. He lets them go. We might even try and stop them, but God won't. Freedom of choice. If you want to go and wreck their lives, he will let them. If I was God, I would do it completely differently, but there we go. I'm not. And you should be glad I'm not. He refuses to interfere with freedom of choice. See, we choose, friends. We make choices. We make decisions. We have to live with them. We don't want to live with them, but we have to live with them. Many times. But there's many areas in which you have no choice. For example, you had no choice in what you would look like. You didn't get any choice in the colour of your eyes where you would be born. You didn't get to choose your brothers or sisters or your parents or the house you were raised in. You didn't get to choose your level of intelligence. What a shame. We could have all been really bright. You didn't get to choose how popular you are. So in so many areas, We have no choice. Isn't that true? Yet, in the most important decision of all, heaven or hell, we have a freedom of choice. Wow. You try and wrap your brain around that thinking and make it logical, because I can't. But it is the truth and it is scripture. Now, I reckon it would have been nice if God would allow us or had allowed us to order life the way we order a meal. So I would have said, God, give me good health, good looks, high IQ, popular, warm, friendly personality, fast metabolism so I can eat as much as I like and stay slim, <laughs> eat as much curry as I want and still be thin and low cholesterol. would have been nice, but it didn't happen, did it? God didn't let me choose that area. But here's the great thing about freedom of choice, is that in many cases, you know, we've made decisions, haven't we? Bad choices, things we regret, if only. But the good news is that we, in many cases, can make choices that will undo a significant amount of the wrong and the consequences and put us back on the right pathway. You see, the blood of Jesus has never lost its power. And even if you have sinned and made terrible mistakes, God is here ready and willing to forgive you and give you a brand new start, make you a new creation in Christ Jesus. You're born again. You start again. That's the wonder of the gospel. It is the greatest story ever told. It will never be beaten. It is the best. And God doesn't want you to live in condemnation. There's now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. Put it right, get it under the blood, start making right choices and move forward in God. You don't have to live in regret. Forgetting what is behind and moving forward to the great future that God has for you. Think about the thief who repented. He obviously had made bad mistakes. He'd chosen wrong company, wrong conduct, wrong behaviour done a lot of wrong things, otherwise he wouldn't be being crucified, would he? Probably lived a life of mistakes, a life of bad choices. But here's my question, where is he now? Is he spending eternity suffering in hell? No. He's in heaven. That guy crucified on the cross, he's in heaven. He's never been happier, more fulfilled, more satisfied, more at peace. Wow, that's why it's the greatest story ever told. Now, it would have been better if he had made the right choices earlier. It would have been better if he hadn't done so much bad on earth because there are consequences. His rewards in heaven for serving God are probably next to nothing because he didn't use his gifts and abilities to serve the Lord. He didn't do all that sort of stuff. So it would have been better if he'd made those decisions earlier, but nevertheless, he did make a great right choice They got him into heaven to be forever with the Lord. Any one of us, if we need to, can repent and get back on track with God. If you need to do that, there'll be an opportunity at the end of the service. From today, I want to encourage you, choose life. Choose God's ways. Choose righteousness. Choose the blessing of God. Maybe you have chosen wrong friends. Maybe you have made a wrong career choice. You can look back and say if only the friends to a certain measure from today start making the right choices and undo a lot of the damage that has been done. Let me tell you four ways to make right choices. Listen carefully. Some of these you will not like. All right. The first one is total dependence on the Holy Spirit to guide you. You know, it says in Romans 8, 14, those who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. Now, what I mean by total dependence? You come to any decision, you just say, God, I don't have any idea what to do. But Lord, my eyes are on you and I trust you with all my heart to guide me in the right direction. See, I believe one of the great strengths of Church Unlimited And it's a strength I'm developing, I believe, in my own life, is this intense desire to be led by the Holy Spirit in every single decision. And then once I've made that decision, I don't second-guess myself. I say, no, God, I trust you. I yielded this decision to you. You guided me. I leave it now in your hands. Total dependence. You see, friends, can I tell you something, you ain't that smart to work out the right things to do. You might think, oh, well, I can plan this if I do A, B, C, D, and then I'm going to this, that, and the other." Forget it. You're probably going to get it wrong. The more you lean on your own understanding, the more you're going to get it wrong. The more you lean on the Holy Spirit to lead and guide you, the more you're going to get right. Because the Holy Spirit is incredibly smart. He is brilliant. He knows the way forward for you. And you know, sometimes being smart and bright and clever is actually a handicap because we replace divine guidance and revelation with our ability to work things out. Number two, be a student of the book. All right, Psalm 119, verse 105, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. In other words, it's a lamp to your feet. So the next step, it's a lamp. He'll show you the next step to take. But it's also a light way out there. He'll give you direction for months, years ahead of you. If you'll be a student of this book, guess what? If you're going off track, God will speak to you. How many of you have experienced that? You're doing something wrong, God, He'll pick you up. He'll convict you. So, you want to make right choices in life? Remember, choices is everything. The whole future depends on it. Number one, total dependence on the Holy Spirit. Number two, got to lock into the Word of God. In other words, you've got to stay close to God for this stuff. That's why most of the world is a mess. Because they don't do number one or two, do they? At all. Not interested. Number three. Tell the person next to you, you won't like this. Do you want it anyway? <clears throat> you probably don't. Okay. Point number three. Get godly counsel before important decisions and choices. Always get godly counsel before decisions and important choices Proverbs 11 verse 14 where there is no counsel the people fall and in the multitude of counselors there is safety. I've been in ministry now 30 odd years friends and I, to me this would be the number one reason where people trip themselves up. They don't seek out the counsel that they need to seek out and then they make mistakes and they make wrong decisions and that's a real problem in New Zealand because the average New Zealander is highly independent. I will do it my way, thank you No one tells me what I can do. Is that right? That's the New Zealander, friends. That's a recipe for disaster. Thank you for that overwhelming response. (laughs) You know, a lot of people think they get counsel, but they actually don't. In our minds, we have a way of rationalizing. Oh, yeah, I got counsel. I talked A, B, C, D. Rubbish. Didn't at all. Did their own thing. And it's never a good result. Number four, do your best to live a godly life. Proverbs 4:18 says, "The path of the just is this going to come up." Is ta-da, ta-da, the path of the just is like the shining light that shines ever brighter unto the perfect day. So that means if you're living a godly life, your pathway is getting brighter. Hello, if it's not getting brighter, ask some questions. That's the promise of God's Word. Okay, I want to now give you in my last few minutes what I consider personally the eight of the greatest choices you will ever make. Who's interested in hearing these? This is from 40 years walking with God, 30 odd years full time ministry. These are what I would rank as one to eight. So I want you to suggest that you write them down. I should have given you all a form to fill in. Write them down and they put a tick, half a tick or a cross next to them. See how you're doing. Then you'll know how good choices you're making, all right? It'll just give you a real up-to-date assessment of how you're doing, if you're interested. So number one goes without saying, choose to give your life to Jesus and be saved. That's number one. Okay, they'll come up there shortly. Once I've got two, three, I think they come up, all right? But then you'll be able to copy them if you want to. Choose to give your life to Jesus and be saved. That's number one, okay? Now, you ready for number two? Number two is very close behind there. Choose daily develop your relationship with God through prayer and the word. Listen if you get that sorted most of the rest of your life will take care of itself. If you don't get that sorted chances are you're going to have to make your own decisions without having a close walk with God and you're going to get it wrong. Sorry to tell you that but that's the truth. Every day time and prayer See, the people who know their God shall be strong and do exploits. Have you done number one? How are you doing with number two? See, friends, this is going to help you make right decisions for the rest of your life and walk under the favor and the blessing of God. You see, the favor of God's not, not a fluke, friends. It's not something just by chance. God says, Oh, yeah, I'll favor him and not that one, and I'll favor that one and bless that one and not that one. No, 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 friends, there's principles in God that operate. If you do number two, and then also follow it up with number three, which is choose to spend quality time on your marriage with your family and your kids. Some of them might come up. There it is. Spend quality time, your marriage. Why that's the foundation upon which you build everything friends. If that gets in a mess, <laughs> everything else is going to get a, in a mess. Happy home, happy life. Happy wife, happy life. <laughs> and all the wife said, "Get on with it, husband." "How are you doing?" on number 3. I'm searching this morning, aren't I? Do you mind? Thank you for that response. <laughs> choose to spend quality time. Daily, regularly, your home, it's your power base, it's your power base. Number four: choose to attend church with your family every week. Hebrews 10.25, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as a manner of some, but exhorting one another so much more as you see the day approaching. Friends, I think we greatly underestimate the power of getting to church with your family and the impact that has on you, your marriage, and your kids. See, children listen with their eyes. And if you establish them in church every week, it's almost, it's a no, there's, there's no debate There's no wondering. There's no questioning. It's a decision already made. Sunday morning we go to church. Full stop. End of story. Friends, you get established in your life and the life of your kids. You see, it says, choose life what? For the sake of you and your descendants. You know, many parents end up coming for counsel when their kids reach teenage years and say, Pastor, you've got to help me get my kids back. But they have neglected church themselves for many of the years leading up to the teenage years. And now the kids are way off track. I don't want to here to condemn anyone, and I'm not saying if you get your kids here every week, it's a 100% guarantee. but I tell you, it'll go a long way. It is choosing life. You can choose life every Sunday morning. Come and be in God's house and love and serve. Number four. Number five. Number five. Here we go. Choose to develop your gifts and diligently serve God. Choose. Isn't it amazing? God gives us gifts. There are people here with phenomenal gifts, maybe in in um, youth work or kids work or, you know, uh, in business or, or in music or something like that. Tremendous gifts. <laughs> but they're basically saying to God, hands off, my gift, thank you very much. I'll use it if I want and I won't if I don't want to. No, friends, choose life. Yeah. Choose. God's given you a gift. He, wants you to be, he expects you to be faithful to the gifts He's given you. Don't leave gifts unwrapped and unused. It's so important. To use them. Okay, we're getting there now. Number six, choose to give generously to God. Proverbs eleven twenty five, the generous soul will be made rich, and he who waters will also be watered himself. Choose to be generous. You know the scripture that taught that God will open the heavens? Generosity. I've found people that have been used by God over the years, always very generous people. It's almost without fail. So generosity unlocks something in this unseen world that releases God's favor and blessing on our lives. Number seven, choose right friends. Choose right friends. Everyone say, choose right friends. Choose right, yeah. 1 Corinthians fifteen thirty three. do not be deceived. God, uh, uh, do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. And it doesn't matter whether you're 13 or 103. Choose good Friends, choose the right company. And let's go beyond that, friends. Not just people that are going to take you off track, not just people with bad character, but choose people that have got the fire of God in their hearts. You know, who are going to take you on in God, who are going to make you more zealous for Him, who are going to make you want to know God more. Choose those friends. Hang around them and let their fire burn off onto you. It will change your friends. One of the most important choices you'll ever make is the friends you choose. How many hundreds, thousands of people have chosen one bad friend and wrecked their lives. If you're in a bad friendship now, do something about it. Don't let it destroy you. You have the power to choose that relationship. Number eight is this. This wasn't actually in the message, but the previous service I added this in and everyone thought, yeah, we want that in there as well. So we added number eight. won't come up on the screen. Number eight is this one of the greatest choices you will ever make in your life is choose right attitudes. How are you doing today? You see, your attitude, a good attitude chooses life and blessing for you. A bad attitude chooses cursing and death. Listen, It's nothing to do with whether you're right or wrong. It's immaterial. This is to do with attitude choice. So you can't dictate what happens to you, but you can determine your response to what happens to you. That's the power of choice that God has given you. No one can force you to have a bad attitude. They can't do it. You have the right to choose a sweet disposition and a right attitude, regardless of what happens in your life. Eight of the great choices you'll ever make. Choose to give your life to Jesus and be saved. Develop daily your relationship with God and prayer and the Word. Choose to spend quality time on your home, family, marriage, your kids. Choose to ch- attend church with your family if you have one every week. Number five, choose to develop your gifts and diligently serve God. Number six, choose to give generously to God. Number seven, choose right friends. Eight, choose right attitudes. Deuteronomy 30, verse 19. I've set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life that you and your descendants may live. Amen?